Hello. This episode is a bit of an impromptu one. It's with my girlfriend, Chantel, who, other than being my girlfriend, is the uh, editor, founder of EarthBasedMom.com, which uh, is one of the top, actually top websites in America. I think we did we checked her Alexa rankings. Uh, she's at like 190,000, which is, I think, in the top point. 2% of traffic in websites. Anyway, just bragging about my girlfriend. Uh, we had this impromptu podcast uh, right after going to the bookstore. Uh, she read this book about feminism, got really excited. So we talked about feminism. We talked about our dom-sub relationship and what's going on. And uh, it's a bit of a short podcast, but we dropped some ideas about feminism and have some fun talking about the things that we do. So this is episode 006, Chantel, my girlfriend, masculine and feminine dominance. Sexuality, stuff like that. Feminism, yeah. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. Um, so we were just at the bookstore, and you came across a book yep. that mirrored your views on feminism. Right. So... Not all feminists, and the book even talks about how even right now, even feminists can't agree on what it's a really good topic. feminist means. Like, there are some feminists that are going to say it means one thing. It's like Christianity. Like, not even Christians can agree on, like, did God say that gays are cool or did God say gays are not cool? Like, even the Christians kind of argue about it. So, it's kind of feminism is the same thing. So, when I talk about it, I'm not, like, saying all feminists, you know? Like, if someone asked me if I'm a feminist, I probably wouldn't know what to say because it's like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, do I think women should be treated like humans and that they deserve equal pay? Sure, yeah, I'm a feminist. But then there's all these things. Do you think, like, fem uh, women should act like men? Right. Do I think women should act like men? No. Um, unless they want to, I guess. Anyway. I mean, people can do whatever they want. Sure. Um, so this book basically talks about how there's a, a big type of feminism that um, is essentially, um, it's just like knocking on the door to join the patriarchy is kind of how they describe it. Like, it's not like women, because obviously feminism like talks about like destroy the patriarchy, but what a lot of feminists do is um, they just want to join the system that they claim oppresses them. So, um, you know, they want to... Instead of recreating a whole new system yeah. um, that is, like, suited for, like, feminine essence and feminine qualities, they just want to join the system. Yeah. The yeah, I used to argue about this a lot with Naomi Wolf, who's a friend of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, who's, like, you know, she, she was kind of one of the leaders of the third wave of feminism, which obviously, you know, Hillary Clinton and that whole group got a lot of, I don't did that, that sound uh, kind of dismissive when I said that? No. That whole group. I don't know. I'm, I'm being sensitive to what I think people will comment about in the future. <laughs> but, um, but basically, you know, like women's rights, specifically in the workplace and like being able to move up in the corporate ladder or whatever kind of ladder you want to move up in. But that in itself, like the idea of a corporate ladder is a very masculine patriarchal exactly. construct. Like, should women be able to earn as much money and like become CEOs? Of course. But should women want to be CEOs in the first place? Well, that's kind of a, a construct. Like, 
Right. You know, if, if the if the world is truly run by women, there probably wouldn't be corporations to climb in the first place. Right. Exactly. That's kind of like the concept is um, if women were in charge of creating systems and everything from the education system to the the banking system to uh, all the systems just wouldn't be what they are now. They'd yeah. something so here's totally a controversial different. topic. Uh, well, I mean, a viewpoint like. If people were really, you know, in, you know, quote unquote, the feminine or like really following like more feminine uh, types of ideals, we probably wouldn't have cities. Right. And we probably wouldn't have skyscrapers right. there or wouldn't, iPhones like the whole, like, or podcasts. Thing. Yeah, because all, like a lot of this well, stuff we came. Maybe have all that. Stuff. Well, a lot of a lot of, I mean, well, at least many theories are a lot of uh, technological advances were created by frustrated men, like sexually frustrated men. Mm-hmm. Like if we were in a more egalitarian, sex positive, female friendly society, everyone would be getting laid and eating berries, and no one would care to like conquer things or like make million dollar companies. Yeah, might be an extreme view. Right. No, but I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. And maybe that was the point. Like, maybe that was the point of why men ruled for so long is that so we could create what we have now. But it's to the point where it's like it's been like this for so long. It's like getting like tipping so far. Yeah. To the way of the well, man that I, like it yeah. like needs to be brought back a little bit. Oppressed women, women would probably take offense to what we both just said. But actually, I, I, I so I argue with this a lot. I argue a lot about this now. I think about it with uh, my business partner, Isaac, because he's all about like, we got to keep advancing technology. We got to advance, advance, advance. We got to put colonies on Mars and like mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. But I kind of just like being an animal. Like I kind of don't care about totally. going in the spaceship. I kind of just want to eat berries and chill in nature and record. And actually not even record, just have conversations right. like this. Um and he's like, well, you can't just do that because if everyone just did that, we'd overpopulate. But like, if we actually live like that, we wouldn't overpopulate because we wouldn't have gotten away from nature. Right. And I have, I've thought about this too. Like, um, if we were living a more, uh, back to basics lifestyle that you were describing, like, like, do we have the desire that we have now to do things like, build companies and create podcasts and all the, and like write books or whatever, like all these things, like we want to like climb the corporate ladder. And it's like, is all that created because we have this like frustration? Well, no, well maybe. Yeah, sure. But like this male dominated, um, doing productivity society that we've just been grown up in and conditioned in. And like, that's what we think is important. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. So if that didn't exist, meaning like our ideals as a society, our ideals as a society didn't exist as they do now, then would we value different things like yeah, nurturing like, and lovemaking and nature and more oh, but also like so like these feminine ideals um, are a better strategy when there's abundance, mm-hmm. like. Abundance of resources, abundance of romantic partners, abundance of love and connection and food and whatever. Um, in scarcity, it's a lot better to be violent and competitive because there's only so much to go around. But then you could also argue that it's that violent, competitive nature that has created scarcity in the first place. Yeah, and I want to say something because I just thought I can imagine someone listening to this right now and getting really upset because 
um, we're describing feminine ideals as things like, um, you know, nurturing nurturing and eating berries and (laughs) stuff like that. And like, and it doesn't mean like that's female and that women can't be productive and, um, things like that. It's just that like, if you're looking at it, as like a polarity. Yeah. We're talking about like yin. Yeah. And it's like right brain. Men and women have both, you know what I mean? It's not like only women can, it's not like it's a a woman thing to just like eat berries and whatever. Yeah. (laughs) My, my interest in the, in the, I don't know, anti-patriarchal type of thing is that like, I kind of like the right brain feminine ideals of like chilling. I personally like eating berries and chilling. You know, uh, yeah. Well, we live together, so she sees me berries and read books all day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like I'm like kind of bummed out. Like, oh, yeah, you can't really live or it's harder to live like the Taoist philosophy of like living to moment, moment to moment and being simple and being kind when there's like bills to pay and things to buy. And if you really want to have freedom, you have to accumulate wealth, even though it's a better strategy collectively to share wealth. So that's the thing. Yeah, I can think of so many ways that um, women who identify themselves as feminists, but the thing that they're asking for, the thing that they're wanting is is a masculine ideal or like a uh, something that's valued that stems from the patriarchy. Yeah, like an argument I get into a lot. I have a lot of feminist arguments that I think about it. Um, is like how men should be blamed for not for speaking up too much, like in, in college lectures or in boardrooms, like not giving women the space mm. to like talk. Um, mm. And it's like, Oh, well, men should shut up so the women can speak. And like, so there's the very masculine argument of like, no, this is the, this is how it is. Like if you want to speak up, you have to learn to speak up. And I get that. And I kind of agree with that on a, on a level, mm-hmm. but also like this idea of having to speak up in like a war room type setting wouldn't exist if like you as like, a more feminine person uh, was actually running the show and creating the system. Like people are complaining about how people are playing in the system, but not pointing out how the system is set up for certain things. Right. Like product. Yeah. And a lot of the, something that this book even talked about that I've been thinking about as well is that a lot of feminism tends to point the finger and blame. And yeah, I get like any, any group of oppressed individuals it's systemic and i get that it's like a societal thing but there's this idea that um a lo- so much of what we fight for as women um could really like we don't actually need to be asking for it from men or from our government like it would require us to turn a lot um inward to ourselves and like really identify like where we aren't taking responsibility um, and we can actually have it if we're willing to take self-responsibility. Um, but a lot of the times, a lot of feminism likes to point the finger and blame. And I'm not saying that there aren't like systemic things that happen that have women be more oppressed. Like there was a time obviously when women couldn't vote. So you, you can't really like turn inward and like figure out like, yeah, like the system, the government needs to grant women the right to vote, but I could get all into that, how the idea, whole idea of yeah, voting, voting like that is a, is a patriarchal act. Like I it's don't a, vote. It's a masculine act. <laughs> Neither do I. That's a whole other thing. Well, um, I mean, that could be the thing. Yeah, but so 
um, there are certain things that that um, women fight to for are fighting for their own oppression, but really, if they turned inward um, and took some self responsibility, they could have it. And we don't need to get it from men. What do you um, mean by fighting for your own oppression? Um, so I can give a few examples. Give us one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, like the Planned Parenthood thing. Um, women fighting for like uh, government-funded hormonal contraceptives. That's a huge can of worms that I'm not going to argue with you about. Now, it's actually, I don't know what I mean. Yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand why, or do you just... Because it's bad for women's bodies in the first place. Right. It's but for, it's... women don't want... Some women don't want to have babies. Sure. And there's ways, like, we were, like, nature gave us the wisdom and the tools that we need to prevent pregnancy. Not all the time. I mean... Yes, all the time. But it doesn't work all the time. It works all the time if you know how to do it, but the patriarchy and the medical uh, system has completely stripped women of that knowledge. See, but you have a kid. Yeah, and I have, and I knew, I didn't try to prevent that kid. Okay, all right, whatever, I mean. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, like, yeah, you can get pregnant if you know how to get pregnant, and you can not get pregnant if you know how to not get pregnant. Wait, so that was a planned... It wasn't planned, but I know how to get pregnant. Do you get what I'm saying? I could have prevented it if I wanted to. Gotcha. But you didn't want to prevent it. I wasn't actively preventing, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that, but okay, fine. I get get, get what you're saying. Um, So one thing that I think about a lot... Actually, it ties into... Because I'm just going to say real fast, hormonal, hormonal birth control pills are like... They are a synthetic hormone that is released into your body that... I mean, it causes tumors, it causes pulmonary embolisms, like, it causes so like, depression. They say that, like, 30 to 40% of women who take hormonal contraceptive pills will also be prescribed um, antidepressants. So it's, like, it's not good for women's bodies. And not only that, but, like, it puts you on a chemical um, calendar for your hormonal cycle. So it's, like we don't no longer have the wisdom of like our natural cycles and like we can actually use that to our advantage when it comes to um, tracking our ovulation. Like having regular periods is also really healthy. We no longer have that when we're taking pills. So it's just like, it messes you up in so many ways. Yeah. It is weird that you would take a chemical to trick your body into being pregnant. Totally. It's just kind of weird. It's terrible. And then there's like, there are very big side effects and people aren't taking that into account. Yeah. So uh, It's well, not good for women, I believe. I don't think birth control pills are good for women, so I think when women think that the government owes, owes them that, it's like they're not – there's just – I know, that, and I know that this is controversial, but that's just my opinion. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, want to talk about last night? What was last night? Uh, what? We did some, like, dumb stuff. Oh, yeah, dumb yeah, sure. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's just – the transition. That's so funny. We just this. we just talked about feminism, which is like empowering women, and now we're about to talk about like submissive women. Well, that, that's that. This is where I think it gets tricky and confusing. Is that um, this idea of dominance has become this uh, what's the word uh, malicious idea? Right. Like, of, I mean, because there's so much unconsensual dominance in the world, mm-hmm. but really, just like the impulse to dominate is not necessarily. A malicious act like it's kind of just like a relationship a, a polar relationship like in pre-agricultural uh, um, 
clans and societies, like there were certain roles where, yes, someone would lead and someone would follow and both people uh, or both like members of both types of members in a group would both would benefit from that kind of specialized relationship as seen in the appeal of BDSM and stuff. So what's BDSM? You know what that is. Well, I know, but people listening might people not. People know what that is. Bondage, it's discipline, good. domination, submission, sadomasochism. It's an overlapping acronym. Did you know that? I didn't. Oh, okay. BDDSSM. Oh. Yeah. I actually didn't know that until I read Neil Strauss's book, The Truth, where he actually broke it down. Hmm. So thanks, Neil. Yeah. Yeah, so you found a lot of joy and power in and a lot of challenges though with mm-hmm. taking on that that the, the more submissive polarity. Uh-huh. So what do you get out of it? Why is that fun? Well, so first we should probably say what we're doing. What do you mean? Like we're in a we have agreed to do a thirty days of dom sub relationship. It's something we're trying out. Yeah. We we brought it up because uh I don't know, it's just, it's just a desire that came up, I guess. Yeah. Where did that stem from? I forgot. We're having we're having a little bit of conflict, conflict in our relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And like these little nitpicky things mm-hmm. that bother both of us. Okay. And we realized that this was like a solution. Actually, I mean, I probably would have never brought it up. I th- I'm, I'm sure you brought it up because like right. the idea of it seems like selfish to me. Like, oh, I would just tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I read... Uh, what it actually entails, um, and it's actually kind of like not selfish of you, but I, I feel like it's just, it's kind of like serving you a lot more than me, right. in a sense. Even though I'm the submissive. Yeah, because like everything in consensual dominance is like me putting my attention on you to see what would have you be optimal. I guess is one mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Be a better me. Yeah. And sometimes it's weird and sometimes it pushes against what I think is okay to do. Right. Yeah. Like, sorry. So examples. Mm-hmm. Last night. Last night. <laughs> last night we tried like a very impromptu DS training type thing and it wasn't really, it was kind of weird and I was just like doing pretty simple things and like you didn't seem to be having a good time and I was just like, well, whatever, I guess we'll just, we'll just end it. You know, this is not working out. It's simple like posturing stuff. And then I was like, all right, let's end it. Let's just end it with like a symbolic gesture. So I had you like get on all fours, get on all fours. And I went to the other side of the room. It's not a huge room. It's probably what eight feet away. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked you to crawl to me mm-hmm. without laughing. Uh-huh. And it took you like 30 minutes yeah. to do it. Yeah. Uh, so you want to share what came up for you? Uh, yeah, so it was, well, it was really unexpected. I had no idea what you were going to ask of me, but, um, yeah, it was super vulnerable. So I think a lot of the laughing was definitely like a defense mechanism of like looking, like I didn't want to look a certain way because like, so when a woman's crawling to you like that and I'm naked, um, so when a woman's crawling to a man like that, and if you've ever like seen it in movies or wherever, it's like she looks sexy, like she looks hot doing it, right? Um, it's like a little tigress crawl over to the man or whatever. Um, and I am like, I'm not going to look that sexy doing this. So it's really, it feels like embarrassing. It's like you want to look hot doing it because you think you're supposed to look hot doing it. Um, See, that wasn't but, my interpretation. 
but of it. well that oh like you didn't get that that's what I was feeling. No, but but go on. Um so there was a lot of like fear in like not doing it right or like you know like when women try to be sexy but then it just doesn't look sexy and then I mean anyways I have a fear I have like an insecurity around like not looking sexy doing something that's normally supposed to look sexy uh uh-huh. so every time you tried you would start giggling right and so every time I would I tried I would start laughing and then I'd make you go back and, and then start you, over and then you'd make me go back and start over um and it was hard. Like I, there was like I would even like bite my cheeks, like the inside of my cheeks, to not smile. But every time, and I would think like, okay, I'm not gonna laugh. Like I would just give everything I had to not laugh. And as soon as I put my hand out to go, I would start laughing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was really hard. Yeah. It was, so so for my end, the reason why I was doing it in the first place was like because you were like giggling and kind of sighing and like scratching yourself and like clearly not like grounded and you're like, saying in before it. you had me but before that so mm-hmm. i was just like all right this is not working i was just thinking you know i'm kind of new to the dom thing i was i've been on forums and like how do you deal with ratty subs and stuff like that um and i was just remembering things that i've heard from a long time ago of like getting compliance getting obedience making sure it feels consensual so I was like, let me just find like this one gesture that you can for you to have done it without laughing, you'd have actually have to accept to surrender, right? Right. Otherwise, because, like, in my eyes, I didn't even think of that if you're trying to be sexy. I was just thinking, like, oh, she's laughing because she doesn't really want to submit. Like, she doesn't really want to play the role. Oh, no, um, I do. Well, I mean, but a part of you wouldn't let go. Right. Right? So, like, you, you like, all that laughter was you, like, resisting, mm-hmm. like, not playing the role, right? It's like you're trying to act and, like, you're not acting the part. You're giggling at yourself instead. Mm-hmm. Um so I knew if you actually did it, you would have to let go and uh, play the play the role mm-hmm. and go into that archetype. Um, I didn't think I didn't expect it to be that hard. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right, she's just gonna crawl over, and then we're just gonna go to bed, watch a movie yeah. on YouTube, something like that. Um, but it was actually a huge challenging thing, and I could see how, as I I could feel how I held you to that standard. We have to do it without giggling. I felt myself going to like the dom polarity a lot more. Oh, nice. Like I felt like my body become really still and I had a lot of tension on you and I felt really big. I was just leaning against the wall, nice. kind of being a douche. <laughs> a douche and, you know, in energy. But it was good though. I liked that you did that. Yeah. So it was, it was huge. Yeah. And what do you think you got out of it? Oh, um, wait, what did we do after that? I'll answer the question. But didn't we do something after that too? Um, oh, we did. I had you twerk. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it did. The combination. It was uh-huh. a combination of both. Um, so that's one of my biggest. Okay. I don't think we've act, we've ever explicitly talked about this before. So this is the first time we're having this conversation. Cool. Um, I love like, vulnerable shit live. Yeah. So um, one of my biggest things with you, I think, that keeps me from being more intimate is like fear of humiliation. Um, like just scared of looking, not looking good, Mm -hmm. like not looking sexy, not looking good, not looking like I did something right. Just like feeling humiliated. Um, so in order to not be humiliated, obviously like you don't come out as fully as you could, because when you do, there's more opportunities to be humiliated. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so a, a combination of the crawling to you and like you said, you made me twerk for an entire song. Um, it, it broke down a lot of like the fear of feeling like it like 
broke me down to like a I don't know. It just kind of broke that down for me. Yeah, it reminded me of like seeing people like in intro workshops, like to an improv class, where uh-huh. like they try to act the part and then they just like, oh, I'm not funny, and they just giggle to themselves. And like, it's really uncomfortable to watch because clearly, if like, it's like once you've done improv a bunch, you just look at them like, if you just commit to your character, right. this will all be so easy. Right. So I was watching you, just like, if you just commit to this for like three minutes, uh-huh. like. I know you know how to dance. Like, mm-hmm. it would be really easy, but mm-hmm. it was yeah. challenging. It was very challenging. And then you got to open up. Yeah, well, I felt as time went on, because, you know, a song is, what, three minutes, three and a half minutes. Um, three excruciating minutes. Yeah, it feels that way. But, uh, yeah, as the song went on, I felt, I mean, I never felt, like, fully comfortable. But definitely, like, the last minute, I probably felt way more comfortable, yeah. 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 So yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So, so you sent me you'll well, first you oh, so i had a facebook live show a long time ago where we had a stripper teach us how to twerk teach mm-hmm. me how to twerk mm-hmm. this is before you and i had met in person but you messaged me saying that you're an expert twerker i one. didn't say i was an expert you twerker. said you were really good at i it. said i'm really good at twerking okay so this is before we met in person so right. it was like a whole flirtation uh and then uh you sent me a video on like the spiritual aspects of twerking yes I love that video. Yeah. It's so good. And well, I can see it now. Like, it, it, like, forces you to get in touch with your sensuality in a shameless way. Yeah. Um, so okay. then, then it was funny that, like, when you actually, you know, I was like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. You get all scared. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It's but, vulnerable. Twerking is vulnerable. Yeah. And it was vulnerable for me to ask you to do things that were humiliating. Mm. But I feel like we're a lot more connected. Yes. That's yeah, great. Yes. So, like, that Dom's up polarity wasn't putting you down in any way. No, it's it's, it's been kind of working. Empowering. Yeah, it's, it's empowering been, in kind of like a you know counterintuitive way. Yeah, it's been working for me in a lot of ways for sure. Yeah, I mean in all the ways. If it wasn't working for me in any way, I would either not be doing it or we would have to adjust it. Enough. So, what would you say to women or feminists of any sort that would say like, "Oh, this kind of submission is uh, disempowering"? Um, I would say that it's not. Because um, when you go into it consciously, so this type of relationship, it's not like because you're giving someone the opportunity to control you. It's giving someone outside of yourself who can see where um, it's like any type of relationship, conscious relationship, where you go into it playing for each other's freedom. Um, I would say Dom sub. The only difference is like you're just taking the focus off of both people and maybe like putting it more so on one person for the time being. Yeah, the way I look at it is like our psyche has like two poles, like our voluntary side that we control, and then like our involuntary where all our feelings are. Mm-hmm. And normally we're trying to negotiate between like our conscious side and our subconscious all the time. But with in a Dom sub relationship, it's like. A hundred percent of the voluntary side is in my hands mm-hmm. and a hundred percent of the involuntary is in your hands. Right. And then like, I'm like being your prefrontal cortex and you're being my reptilian brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like we're merging into one mind. It's like if you put two magnets together, there's one, there becomes one North pole and one South pole for both magnets. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's, it's using, someone who you trust that can see your blind spots or the places where you're stuck and it's using them to get freedom in those places. Yeah. So the big difference between this and like some sort of malicious dominance or the way we normally think about it 
is that you're here. Like we actually wrote up a contract that's pretty explicit mm-hmm. about like our roles mm-hmm. and like you're here voluntarily. Right. And even if we didn't have a contract, like you know at all times, and even I know, obviously I know at all times that you can just leave at all times, anytime. Right. So like when you're not when you're not surrendering, I realize like oh it's kind of on me that she's not surrendering. Like she might be bratty and stuff, and mm-hmm. that might come from her childhood. But like uh, it's my responsibility to create the space where she feels safe. To surrender because even if she's totally surrendered, we both know that she can just stand up and like walk out of the room at any time. Like she has that option. You right. have that option. Right. Yeah. You're not gonna like hold me down. Well, maybe sometimes. Well, like, that's the tricky thing because like mm-hmm. you are acting right. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of lots a lot a lot of doms I've been reading and a lot of doms I know don't play with ratty subs right. because of the fact that you have to like sometimes force them in a way that. It's hard to tell if you're acting or if you're actually violating them. Right. So it becomes, like, very tricky territory. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Because, like, your game might be, I need to, like, physically restrain you. Mm-hmm. But at what point does it feel like violation? Right. I know. It's not easy. Bratty subs ain't easy. Yeah, because a bratty sub, I know for me, if I'm being bratty, sometimes it's because I want something, like, to be restrained. Like, yeah. I might want that on some level. And then sometimes it's like it doesn't mean that at all. It actually means like I I want to get away. You yeah. Know? So I had to. I mean, when you were first being bratty, it a lot came up for me where I was like, I kind of ang. I mean, it, it created like because like when you would say no, after agreeing to listen, a part of me it did trigger like an insecurity in, in me like like oh I'm not being dominant enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed like like my body gets like like viscerally aroused and I want to like restrain you and use force. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up because everyone says, like, you should never dom when you're angry. And I was like, is that anger? But then I read on the forums that, like, that's just, like, how you respond to bratty subs. And that's actually my body reacting properly. Mm. But it's tricky because, like, at what point do I recognize, like, oh, this is not uh, – this is actually my insecurity, like, having me do something hazardous. I don't know. Yeah. Because you could say that all the unconsensual dominance in history, like, you know, pillaging – peaceful indigenous people and like oppression of women and all that stuff like could have just been for males being insecure and sexually frustrated and then feeling they have to like bash people in the head and like rape and pillage and shit. Well, yeah, I'm sure that has to do with that. But then if you want to really take a taboo view, what if that's being co-created? What if like the victims there were calling for it in some way? I don't know. I don't know if we want to go down that path, but like that's the difference to me. And it's been so fun. I guess the ideal situation would just be for me to not be bratty. Um. Yeah, but I've noticed like with the few, well, with I seem to attract bratty subs. Have you had a sub before? Well, I've I've played with this stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. I played this with an ex. Okay. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. I won't say her name. Uh, but like she was super bratty. Oh really? And uh, I think there's a part of me that just likes overpowering. Like, How did you like deal then? Because um, I don't know, you, made, you made it seem like you've never dealt with a bratty sub before. Oh, no. Well, I didn't know. I always – so, like, Omer Pani is – you know, he's been on the podcast. He's uh, who whom I've gotten most of my DS training from, which is not a ton. But um, he doesn't deal with bratty subs. So I had this idea that if she's bringing bratty, either I'm failing or she's failing or it's, it's just not right. But I'm realizing that's just another style, and he just chooses not to deal with bratty subs. So, like, I would deal with her the same way I deal with you, which is, like, kind of, like, 
kind of in a reactive way or with physical restraint and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always fun, but I always thought I was doing something wrong because being reactive. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a great like learning experience. Just like we've only been doing this for like a, a week ish. Mm-hmm. Has it been a week? Not mm-hmm. even a week. Not even. But it's just like as the Dom, I you take 200% responsibility. So like every little thing is like on me and I just tell you what to do. And, and what's always like, I, I know that you agreed to it, but every time that you get off on me telling you what to do, I'm always surprised. Wow. I mean, a part of me surprised at least. Cause I've never wanted to be told what to do. That's, actually, that's, well, that's why you're the Dom and I'm the sub. Yeah. Well, actually I was thinking in, in a lot of situations, I do like to be told what to do. Oh. Like when I want to play like the, like if, like with my business partner, not that he tells me what to do, but when I know he's handling stuff and he's just like, here, this is what, here's the structures of what we're doing with our business and we need you to write exactly this. And I was like, oh, great. I have like structure. Let me just pour my creativity into this like specific thing. And I like being handled like that. Hmm. Or like in the, in the presence of a good leader, like it feels good to follow because everyone. Do you think that, um, that dynamic can happen for you with only men. Like if you had a woman telling you what to do, hmm. how do you feel about that? Hmm. I have to think about that. Um, first thing that comes to mind, cause I've had a lot of female teachers and female mentors and it's all, it felt really good, but we also had kind of like a mother son dynamic or maybe that actually happens. Maybe it's always that, that, that like with, with men that I'm able to surrender to, maybe it's like a father son dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think because like the idea of like subbing to a sexual partner, female feels funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think, although I, you know, in the, in the few times I've been tied up by a woman, it was fun. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to think about that. Yeah. If she's older, I think it's easier. Cause then I just don't, I have less like mental hangups about like being dominated. But maybe that's me uh, being cultured by the patriarchy to think that domination is a bad thing or submission is mm. bad. Full circle. Interesting thoughts. Anything else? Are you done? Um, I think I'm done with this topic. Okay. All right. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about popcorn. Mm, I don't really want to talk about popcorn. All right. I think this podcast is done then. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash Rwando. See you next time.